Hi everybody, and it's great to see you again today at Center Church Online. We are starting a brand new series today called The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. And now many of you are probably thinking, man, that's, that's, that sounds like a lot there. We've already said that today with our host, Chris and Christina today, and it's so great that they got to host with us today. And you're probably wondering, what is this all about? But before I jump into today's series, I just want to say hi to a few of you online today. It's so great to see you online today. Sandy and V and Steve and Janelle, it's great to see you. Uh, Kelly, I saw you online today, and Miranda and the Walls and Jordan. So great to have you online today. Simon and Becca and John, Megan and Vaughn. So great to have you online today. And I want to say for those of you that are watching this service back throughout the day or throughout the week, we want to invite you back to 10 a.m. on uh, Pacific time to be able to engage with us. And as we go into a question and answer at the end, we'd love to have you online today. Well, I'm going to ask you a question and it's this. um, What would... What if you can predict your future? How amazing would it be if you could predict the outcomes and you could predict what was going to happen? Because you see, for many of us in our lives, we've been really close to this, right? Because, and, and you might for a second go, well, have I? Well, let's just, let's just put it this way. Many of you have thought this. I should have seen this coming. You've thought about this before. It was, you probably didn't made a mess of something. You probably shouldn't have said something in a relationship, or maybe you made an investment, or maybe you mismanaged your time, and you probably thought, man, I I probably should have seen this coming. And maybe if it isn't something you saw in your own life, for sure, we've said this, uh, probably not just thought it, but said it out loud, you should have seen this coming to somebody else, right? Have you ever said that before? Maybe you can throw that in the chat today. You should have seen this coming. Because it's obvious when somebody else is making a decision and we see it from that 30,000 square foot view and we're like, oh, clearly this isn't a great decision and clearly this isn't going to lead to where this person thinks it's going to go. See, we connect the dots mentally and we conclude, oh, they should have seen this coming. And sometimes, right, sometimes we actually do see it coming and we kind of avoid it and we go, you know what, it feels good, I'm gonna do it anyways, or you know what, I know this might not lead down the path I wanted to go, but you know what, I'm just gonna go down this train of thought. But the reality is that why that we ask ourselves the question, if we look at, at people being able to predict our future, predicting the outcomes of somebody else's life, why can't we see what they see? Why is it hard for us to be able to identify what other people can see? Or why is it that we can see what maybe others can't. Now, as we start this series, we're gonna unpack this a little bit, but today I wanna start with a bit of bad news and then talk about good news. Now, nobody really wants to start a brand new series with bad news, but the reality is that in order for us to build off of where we're at, we need to define some of the bad news. And and, and we'll start there, and I, I promise you that good news is on its way. But some of the bad news is this, is that most personal problems can't be fixed. Now, what I mean by that is human beings, we are not like cars, we're not like computers, you can't just buy new components and put them into our lives and everything fixes itself. You can't just, when you run out of energy, all of a sudden, you know, you just plug in, uh, you, you know, you just plug in a new part, you reboot, you plug yourself in and you get all re-energized again. Most things in our life, most personal problems can't just be fixed by an immediate change. We're not like cars. We can't pretend like things never happen. Now, we, we can pretend, but... But the reality is that what happened has happened. 
And we are far more complex as human beings than computers or cars. You see, we can, we can cope, we can overcome, we can move on, and we can learn from our personal problems, and we can leverage them so that we don't make the same mistakes, or we help other people to not make the same mistakes or repeat the same ones, but yet our past is our past. It happened, and we can't change it. But that's the bad news. But there is good news, and here's the good news, is most personal problems can be avoided. Now that is good news, isn't it? That maybe we can't fix the past, but we can fix the direction in our future. And this series is about avoiding what can be avoided so there's less to cope with down the road. And at the center of this avoidant strategy, if we can call it that, is a principle. And we're going to be talking about this for the next four weeks, and it's called the principle of the path. Now, First, about principles. Let's talk about those for a minute. A principle is not a rule that you follow. Principles follow you. And a principle is also not something you choose to apply in your life. Principles apply themselves to you. Principles are also not a law that you can break. If ignored, a principle can break you. Now here's an illustration about a principle. It's called the Archimedes Principle. Now maybe you learned about this in high school, but the Archimedes a, a principle applies every single time you get into a pool or every time you go float on a canoe or a kayak. And many of us in BC, we love getting on the water in the summers, right? We can't wait for that. Or every time, remember people used to get on cruise ships. Remember that was a thing, right? People went on cruises. Like This applied every time that somebody interacted with a body of water. The Archimedes principle applies itself to you and it's this. It's the principle of buoyancy. Now you might say about a principle, you might go, well that's not fair because I didn't know this principle. How can something apply to me that I didn't even know about and affect my life? And that's the point of a principle. The principle is not something we create. A principle is something we experience and something we explain. We experience the principle and we explain how it affects our lives. They are not invented. Rather, we leverage principles for our benefit. And it's important to be able to distinguish between a principle and a rule or a principle and a law. It's something that applies itself to us. Now, we're going to talk about the principle of the path. So we talked about a word principle, but let's talk about path for a minute. And a path is different than solutions. Now what I need to say, and, and I think again, it's important to distinguish between the two because when we're lost, like let's say we're in the middle of a forest, you go on a hike, you get lost in the middle of a forest, you don't stop and ask everyone for what all the solutions are gonna be. Now you need a solution, you need to figure a way, but what do you need? You need to figure a way out. What you need is a direction. What you don't need is a whole list of solutions. Solutions in and of themselves do not change the outcome, right? A solution, when you're looking for a one solution, is a pathway that you choose to get out of the predicament or the, predicament or the situation that you're in. We need directions in our life. We need to know where we are and how we get to where we want to be. There's no instant solution when you get lost in the middle of a forest and you're hiking. There's no instant solution to your problem. And this is the same for our life. And what the way we get out of a forest or the way that we get out of the messy parts of our life is by a change of direction. And I would dare say going the right direction. 
We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be, and this is by going the right direction. And as a pastor, for now 17 years, I've been in ministry full-time, and whether you've talked to a pastor or maybe you talked to a counselor, many people come with problems that they need to fix. And this might be a bit of a challenging thought to you, but many people don't have problems that need fixing. They need a change of direction, and that's the hard thing. As many people are looking for expediency or looking for a quick solution, I'm in a predicament, get me out immediately. But what actually needs to, to happen is a change of direction. And as we change our direction, things will eventually change. And this is what Jesus illustrates in, uh, at the very end of his Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't, he doesn't advocate for immediate solutions. He doesn't advocate for immediate fixes. He advocates for a change of direction. So if, if you want to read along on the screen, I'm going to be heading into a verse, Matthew 7, verse 24. And this is the very end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's a collection of his greatest teachings, some very challenging teachings. Uh, but Matthew collects them in this, this um, it, over a number of different chapters at the beginning of Matthew. Is, uh, Jesus goes and he ascends this mountain. Uh, Matthew, the writer of this gospel, is trying to make a point that Jesus is a greater Moses and Moses ascended a mountain. And so Jesus ascends a mountain and brings teaching. And so Moses went up and brought the Ten Commandments. He makes a parallel here. And so Matthew is trying to say, here are some lessons for our life, and Jesus ups the standard for us. At the end of this collection of teaching, Jesus uses an illustration. And so we're going to head into that illustration about sand and rocks. Sand and rocks. And this is how we begin in Matthew 7, verse 24. This is what the, uh, the writer Matthew writes Jesus' words here. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It's as simple as this. Not just hearing, but hearing and doing. It means whoever hears them and carries them out. What does Matthew say here next? And we're going to uh, head into that second part of the verse. But what Matthew doesn't say here next is anyone that hears my words and puts them into practice will have immediate relief for the relational, financial, professional, or whatever, whatever part of your life will have immediate relief relationally, financially, professionally, whatever alley you want to throw in there. I don't know what other alleys there are, but will not have me. This is not what Matthew says. He says there's no immediate fix for this problem. It doesn't say that by hearing these words and putting them in practice that you will discover a fix to all your problems. Jesus here doesn't promise a fix or a solution because for our past, there's not a lot of fixes and solutions. However, he points the way forward and the way out. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise man or a wise woman. What I like about this is it's not just the smart, the well-educated, the talented, the most resourced people, but the wise. Wise people understand what the unwise do not, and it's this. Life is connected. The past connects to the present and is a good predictor of our futures. Direction is a good indicator of where your destination lies. So then Jesus continues, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds. To build something requires process and time and habits and repetition and discipline and dare I say, and nobody wants to hear this in the middle of a pandemic, delayed gratification. 
To build something substantial takes time, it takes process, it takes intentionality. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man who builds his house. The house here is life. It represents your relationships, your reputation, your finances, and your ethics. And what does it say here? It's like a wise man who puts them to practice, like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. You see, when you, you hear that, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you heard this as a kid or a teenager when you grew up in church, now you're coming back and you're trying to figure this whole thing out. Or maybe you hear that and you're like, you've heard it so many times that you're like, yes, the rock is Jesus. But you need to understand something about this word rock, and it's this. It's to build on the rock. Now we have ex excavators and we have different technologies that help us build faster. But then to build on a rock would have been so time-consuming that those that would have heard this would have been like, wait a minute, that's a waste of time and effort. You would build on something easier because it would be more expedient or it would be a better way forward or it would be less time. But here's what Jesus is saying. By building on the rock, it's not an immediate fix. It's something you work into your life. Your life. It's not an immediate fix. It's a direction that you take. It's disciplines. It's habits. It's building your life upon the rock. This isn't expedient. It's something that takes time and discipline. And then Jesus continues. Now, in Matthew 7, we're going to skip the verse 26, and then we're going to go back to 25. I know we're doing a little bit of biblical gymnastics there, a little bit, okay? But this is what Jesus says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, now we have a contrasting statement, is like a foolish man. And foolish people assume something, that life is disconnected. Now is now, and later is later. I'm like an electronic device. If I stop working, I'll just unplug and when I unplug, I'm just going to count to 10. You know, have you ever done that with a computer? You're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to pull out the power cord, and then I'm just going to plug it back in. I'm going to count to 10, open my eyes, and hopefully it reboots and everything. That's how people are living. But the problem with that is we, don't, we can't just start over again. And our life is, as, is so connected. Our past is connected to our future, and our present is connected to our future. And a foolish person believes that life is disconnected. You can build wherever you want, and life will just figure itself out. But look what happens here next in verse 26. Everyone who, a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand, it says. This is quick, easy, and an immediate way. It was the assumption of the fool was that today's weather is going to be tomorrow's, but it wasn't. Because in verse 27, look what it says here. It says, the rain came down. And the streams they rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with the great crash. The implication here that Jesus uses, he uses the illustration, not me, he uses this illustration that there's no fix or solution, there's only loss here. You should have seen this coming. I should have seen this coming. I should have seen the rain. I should have seen that there was going to be a change. I should have known that building my house upon the sand was risky. But here's what people do. They say, oh, man, that person's house, it didn't fall because they were lucky. Things always work out for those people, but not for me. I guess God doesn't love me or I guess God doesn't bless me. I guess I'm not as blessed or I'm not as favored as those other Christians. And what we do is we go down this road 
of saying things would have turned out differently had God just intervened immediately. But the way of Jesus is a following. It's about creating habits, about creating discipline. It's about a new and better way of life. We read in verse 25 that the reason that the the house didn't fall wasn't because they were lucky. The reason the house didn't fall is because they built it upon the foundation of the rock. When Jesus had finished these things in verse 28, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Look what it says, because he taught as one who had authority and not just as their teachers of the law. You know what breaks my heart? is people who choose a path guaranteed not to get them to where they intend to be. And what happens is it's not like driving somewhere where we think, oh, you know what, I I was going to go to my friend's house, remember when that was a thing? Or, hey, I'm going to go out to a restaurant on a patio, we can still do that here in BC. I was going to go to a restaurant on the patio, and you know what, I was just in a conversation with somebody in the car, I was on the phone, not on your phone, but you know what, on the phone, like, on yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Because I'm not advocating for people being on the phones in the car. But anyways, uh, you know, you're driving somewhere and you got distracted and you think, oh, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to get back on track and I'm going to go about five minutes and, oh, okay, I'll be a bit late, but it's okay, I was just a bit late. That's not how life works. Usually what happens is a distraction leads to a habit. And the habit brings us down roads that we never intended. And too often I see people lose their 20s and their 30s, two decades, three decades, because they took a direct, they pointed themselves in a direction that they didn't really want to go down, or maybe they just weren't living intentionally, but it brought them somewhere that they never intended to go. And what we need to be careful about is that we don't lose entire seasons of our life, especially in pandemics. You're not just late. You might miss it completely if you're not careful. And here's what, this might be tough for me to say to you, But you can't just wish your way, or talk your way, or pray your way back in time. The past is the past. You can't go back to that moment where you took the wrong turn. You can't go back to that season of your life and try and recapture it again. What you have today is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to change your direction. And this is the principle of the path. Because your direction determines your destination. Your direction determines your destination. And the best way to predict your future is to pay attention to where you're headed. Where are you focused? Where are you facing? A few years ago, I was pulling up to a red light and there was a car in front of me. And... uh, and uh, I, was, I was in the right-hand lane. It was a, obviously two lanes. It was left, right-hand lane. I was in the right-hand lane. I was behind a car, and we were slowing. What I thought we were doing was slowing down as the light became yellow. And what I noticed is this car didn't slow down. There was a car taking a left-hand turn, and I saw the car in front of me, right in front of me as it went through the intersection, as this car was taking a left-hand turn, didn't slow down. Now, I thought, surely they're going to hit the brakes, and surely they're going to hit the brakes, and surely they're going to hit the brakes, but they didn't. They were distracted. I'll never forget the amount of damage, pieces of the car flying off, the sound of a crash and fluid all over the ground. Nobody got out of the vehicles. One car spinning a 720 into another car that was, that was, in, uh, that was in another traffic lane. It was just a huge disaster. 
I had the opportunity of, of being a witness, and I just want to say if you have an opportunity to be a witness in action, be a witness, okay? This is one of the ways that we can be great Christians in our world today, is by helping people out this way. But I was a witness of this accident, and I still remember giving testimony. And as I was giving testimony, uh, for some reason, there was another lawyer that called me, and as he was talking, I could hear that the driver that was not paying attention was looking to blame somebody else for his distraction. Change the facts. You know, the light wasn't red, it was green. But the reality was there was other witnesses to the situation. Other people. And what we can do, and this is an, an, an illustration for our life, is we can try and cast blame. We can try and change the facts of what happened. We can try and distill it down to, 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 to just, uh, maybe it was just, just a little happy accident. But the reality is some of us are going down roads and we're distracted and we're getting ourselves in positions where we could potentially cause damage to our life. And what Jesus' invitation is to us is not just a quick change or stop or fix. He invites us to follow him to change direction. Following Jesus will eventually make our life better because following him makes you better at life. He offered you better life. You know what it's called? Eternal life. He authenticated his claim by giving his life away and taking it up again. And if you're going to end up somewhere in life that you intend to go and you want, you want your life to be full of meaning and purpose, which I know many of you want for your own life, the way is following Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, you will end up somewhere on purpose, with purpose. We're going to end there today. We're going to pick up right where we left off, right here next week. So come back as we continue this series. But right now, I want to pray for those of you. Some of you, you feel like you've made those decisions and you've lost seasons of your life. You know that there's parts of your life that you haven't been building wisely on, that maybe you're blind to. This is why small groups is so important, is we need other people in our life bringing wisdom and guidance to our life. We need that. But right now, I want to pray for those of you that feel like maybe there's a season of your life that you've missed. You feel the weightiness of that. You feel like, can I move on from this? Well, the reality is we can't fix the past, but we can change our direction. And I want to pray today that, that for those of you that haven't started to follow Jesus, that you would begin that relationship with Jesus today. And that's not joining a church, or that's not making sure that you get involved in every program. That's just saying, Jesus, I follow you. I change my direction. I move towards you. And for those of you that maybe have drifted, especially during COVID-19, many people have drifted to establish new habits. It's coming back to Jesus and saying, Jesus, be my leader. If that's you today, let me pray for you. God, I pray for everyone on the other side of this camera. God, I thank you today that you provide us a way out. You provide us a new direction. God, I thank you that you don't just leave us where we are, but that you've provided a way in the person of Jesus. So Jesus, we ask that you would lead us and you would guide us, that you would provide direction for our life. That whether somebody's been a follower of Jesus for many years, or whether they're beginning a relationship with Jesus or starting again, that God, you would continue to work in our life. Provide us direction. Help us to build our life upon you, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, for those of you that haven't taken that step to be in relationship with Jesus, 
I want to pray for you today as well. Maybe you heard me talk about following Jesus and you want to take that step. It's a simple prayer. We can pray it out loud or you can pray it across the screen wherever you are. And as you pray this prayer, it's about choosing to follow Jesus like I said. It's, it's not about joining a church or it's not about making sure you're at church online every week or even coming to our in-person gatherings eventually. It's about following Jesus. And if that's you today and you want to take that step, you can pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, thank you that you gave your life for me. I ask you to lead and guide me. I choose to follow you. I ask for forgiveness for my sins. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have made all things new. Lead and guide me today, I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, let me be the first to congratulate you and say how excited I am that you are choosing to follow Jesus.